says to tell you, bring me your nothing. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bring me your nothing. Because you've done nothing with it. My God. But bring me your nothing and watch me work. This is the Faith Center Audio Experience, spreading the word of God around the world. Because with the sword of the Spirit and the anointing of God, you can go forward. Genesis chapter 26, amen. And notice what it says, and there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went into Abimelech, king of the Philistines, some say Philistines under Jirah. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Now I know uh, we're supposed to read on from there, but I'm going to skip down uh, nonetheless to uh, verse 12 says, And Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him, and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great for he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants and the Philistines envied him can the church say amen I want to use for a thought for this time remaining birth out of barrenness come on sit with me birth out of barrenness amen you can be seated in the presence of the Lord what a mighty awesome God that we serve I love this story uh, Isaac is in the land of the Philistines or the Philistines and basically he's a stranger there or a visitor there all right that is not his home if you will uh, the Bible says that there was a famine in the land and notice in verse number one it talks about the famine that was in the time of his father many times when famines would come uh, no one really knows the real devastation that takes place in the time of famine and even after famines there's what's called a recovery period who's to know uh, whether or not this land had recovered altogether from the previous famine it does not let us know however there's another famine in the land yeah. 
thank God. And so we see Isaac has a decision to make as to how in the world am I going to survive? Put it in his mind that maybe I will do better somewhere else. I'm getting to a point here because there's a lot of us that say, well, maybe I need to leave Meriden. Uh, maybe I need to leave uh, Faith Center. Maybe I need to leave where I am. But I need you to understand that God can bless you right where you are. God says to Isaac, don't go anywhere. Now, in the midst of this famine, he is promised that I'm going to take care of you. Notice he says, don't go down into Egypt. And of course, Egypt is a type of the world. A lot of times when we get in situations that we are overwhelmed and we look back into where we came from. Anybody here? And there's a part of us that says, I was doing better when I was in the world. Hello? Uh, I had more stuff when I was in the world. And some of us have been tempted to go back into what God brought us out of. And so God says, either do not return back to Egypt. I'm going to bless you right where you are. Now notice if you will, here we are in the midst of a drought. Nothing is growing. Everyone else's herds are dying. Crops are dying. But because Isaac has the word of God working for him, he plants and everything that he plants, it produces. And there's a reason for that because Isaac says, I know something about barrenness. Hallelujah. Because Isaac said, I came from the dead. My mother had passed her childbearing years. Amen. And God made my daddy a promise. Hallelujah. And even after my daddy was up in years and my mother, amen, had gone beyond her years of childbearing and had never birthed a child forth before. But God's word is not there. I need you to hear me this morning that God's word is still hanging out there over your life. And that word cannot return back to God until it accomplishes the purpose God sent it. Have I got any help in here? Thank God. And so here is a man that knows something about barrenness. He knows something about being uh, dead, if you will, or unfruitful. Uh, even the Bible lets us know that when he got married to his wife, Rebecca, the Bible declared that even she was barren. Her womb was dead. But I need you to know that God knows how to bring life out of dead stuff. Lord, 
help me in this house. God knows how. There's some of you here in this building right now under the sound of my voice. Amen. You have dreams and visions that seems as though they died on you. Lord have mercy. You had that desire as Bishop spoke earlier about being an entrepreneur and now the enemy has told you it's, it's too late for you but I'm here to tell you it's not too late if God has already spoken. He can bring things from the dead because God says I am acquainted with working with zero. Lord have mercy. Zero is God's favorite number. He loves to work with nothing. Think about the nothing that I was. Let me talk about myself. I think about the nothing that I was. But God did something with me. Hallelujah. For look at zero and think zero has no value. The devil is a liar. If you don't believe zero have value, take a zero and put it behind a one. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Thank God zero has that. So God said, I see and I saw your nothingness. Hallelujah. I saw your barrenness. And God said, and I dare to birth something out of your barrenness. It just doesn't make sense that something would come from the dead. Hallelujah. Well, when God created the earth, it was dead. Hello, somebody. The Bible says that the earth was without form and it was void. And chaos, darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit of the Lord. I need you to understand something that the Spirit of the Lord is attached to your life. Are you hearing me here? The Spirit of the Lord is attached to your life. And because it's attached to your life, it may appear that everything around you is dead. But there is life in your womb. Lord have mercy. Let me say it again. There's life in your womb. The devil had counted uh, Isaac out. Amen. But God had counted him in. When God counts you in, it doesn't matter what the naysayers say. Lord, thank you. I feel no help in here. When God counts you in, I need you to understand that that word continues to linger. And it has to come into fruition what God promised would happen in your life. You're looking at your barrenness. You're looking at your nothingness. And there's a part of you that's discouraged and disturbed. But I need you to put on your happy face now. Lord have mercy. Put your happy face on now. Because after a while that that God has purposed, you're going to see it with your own eyes. Anybody believe it? God says to tell you, bring me your nothing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bring me your 
nothing because you've done nothing with it. Ah, my God. But bring me your nothing and watch me work. Hallelujah. Who but God can have something to come out of his mouth? Isn't it amazing that an invisible word can come out of God's mouth? Because remember that the word is invisible. But what comes out uh, after the invisible word has been spoken, there's a manifestation of the invisible. Lord, let me say that again. There's a manifestation of the invisible. I heard Bishop say something a few moments ago that there's a part of us that needs to know how to snatch out of heaven what God has purposed for you. You don't understand the power that you have. You have power here on earth, amen, to reach into eternity. Lord have mercy. Here you are in time and God said, I want you to reach into eternity and pull down from eternity what you need to make it in time. That's the kind of God he is. He says, bring me your nothingness. Bring me your barrenness. And that's exactly what Isaac did. He brought God his nothingness. When he went to plant seeds, amen, he remembered that God has given me his word. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter uh, that there is no rain. Let me say that again. God doesn't need any rain. Something God showed me, he says, I need people to understand that I'm the master of both earth and sea. And that's what he showed us when he fed the multitude. He showed us that he had power over the earth and the sea. Well, what are you saying, Bishop? Well, look at the bread. The bread, where it represents the earth. Because Jesus said, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to bypass, Lord have mercy. I'm going to bypass reaping and sowing, or sowing and reaping. I'm just going to show you that I'm sovereign. I'm going to show you that I don't need to send nobody out to the field to plant no wheat for the wheat to be broken down in the flour and made bread. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. I'm going to show you my power that I can take what's in my hand and feed everything out here because I'm sovereign. I can do the impossible. I'm going to show you how I'm the master of the earth and I'm the master of the sea. Here he has fish in his hand from the he said, now watch what I'll do. He said, the fish will not have to get together and mate and then lay eggs and wait for the eggs to hatch and for the hatchlings to grow. I'm going to show you what happens when it's in my hand. I'm the master of the sea. No, you don't have to wait, amen, for the fish to grow. It's in my hand. Yes, sir. 
thank you. And so look what he did. Mm, this feels good in my soul. He takes the bread and the fish and continues to feed the multitude. He continues to feed the multitude. Uh, the Bible says uh, 5,000 men yes. in one passage, not including the women and children. Only God knows how many people were fed that day at the hand of the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. But, 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 but then there's something else to be considered because nobody talks about where the baskets came from. Right. Hmm. Nobody talks about where the baskets come from. Because when he finished, he had 12 baskets left. Hello? So what happens, oh Lord, thank you Lord. So what actually happens is uh, he has a basket and in each basket there's bread and fish. Ah. And they take it and they give it to the hungry. Uh -huh. Every time they leave, they leave with a basket, bread, and fish. See, I know y'all looking at me said that this don't sound possible. See, that's the main ingredient for a miracle. Uh -huh. Impossibility. That's the number one ingredient. Yes, and so they kept on feeding and feeding and feeding until everybody got something to eat. And then his disciples says, we need something to eat too. Now remember at first they wanted Jesus to send them away. He said, I'm not going to send them away hungry. Now here they are, they're hungry. He said, there's baskets left for you. What I'm trying to tell you this afternoon is that God has more than enough for each and every one of us. He said, I need you to understand what I can bring out of nothing. And five barley loaves. That's nothing when you're looking at a multitude. You can't feed this many folk with two fish. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, just depending on the size of the fish. But the Bible, in one passage, it was little fish. Uh huh. Uh -huh. It wasn't no big old marlin. It wasn't no big old tuna. Yeah. No thousand pound tuna. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's right. That's Hello, because it was a boy's lunch. Yes. Hello? Hello. Some folks said, well, maybe it was a big fish. No, the Bible, it was a lad's lunch. And they said, Jesus said, bring it to me. Yes. <laughs> and so God said, that's what I do. I like to take nothing. Nothing and make something out of it. See, I know you don't throw your kids away. You said, they ain't gonna mount to nothing. The devil is a liar. Lord have mercy. You look just, you ain't gonna be nothing just like your pappy. He wasn't nothing. You look like him and you ain't gonna be nothing. You talking the wrong stuff over your children. See, a man told his daughter not to marry me because he looked at my daddy and my father was an alcoholic. And her father told her, cut him loose. Don't have nothing to do with him. Leave him alone. <laughs> His dad is an alcoholic, chances are that's where he's gonna be. But what he didn't know, 
that I had already given God my nothingness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and I had already purposed in my mind, I'm not going to be like my dad. That's right. That's right. And so, as it would be. <laughs> I did a, a service up there in Chicago. Now I'm back in Memphis, I'm living in Memphis. I did a service in Chicago and he sees me preaching on television. And he says, is that Craig? My God, he's preaching like that? I didn't know. And so I saw him and he says, boy, I didn't know. That's how he talked. That you had it in you. Mm. Boy, Craig. <laughs> you can preach. Yeah. My God. I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, I made it a point. I didn't want to be like my daddy. <laughs> and I wanted to tell him so bad, who looking stupid now? <laughs> he didn't want his daughter to have me. And before her own mother died, she all but cussed her husband out. She said, our daughter could be down in Memphis with a good life and being happy, fooling with you, trying to run everything. You make me sick. <laughs> Thank God <laughs> that I gave him my nothingness. Yes, please. See, there's a whole lot of y'all need to get this because, see, you you worried about what you missed. Yes. Right, right. I, I need you to know you didn't miss nothing. <laughs> As I told him this morning, and we, we had, uh, again, we had a beautiful Sunday. I told him this morning, listen, if God has determined something for you, Remember, he has already factored in Hallelujah. your failures. Yes, come on. He already factored in the what you call the delays. To you, it's delays. But God says, I have set the time. There's a time that God has set for the believers to get certain things. You are not delayed. You have not been passed by. Amen, amen. Are you getting this here? Because God says, uh, it seems like it's a hopeless case, but he said, I've already birthed it out of you. Lord have mercy. I've already birthed it out of you. There's some stuff that you had to go through because God said I needed to extract something out of you. Hallelujah. Lord have mercy. You wonder why is all of this stuff happening to me? Isn't it just happening to me? Hallelujah. God says, allow barren situations so that my power can be manifest. God loves it when the case appears 
to be hopeless. Look at somebody tell them it's only in appearance. Oh, please let somebody get this. It's only in appearance. It looks hopeless. Lord Jesus. My God. It looks helpless. Over 30 some years ago, I was laying up in my bed sleep and God woke me up and I sat straight up in my bed and God called my brother's name loud. My wife said, what's wrong with you? I said, my brother is sick. She said, how do you know? I said, God just revealed it to me. Hallelujah. And I said, I got to go to Chicago and pray for him because God said he's going to heal him. Now, I'm going to show you how God works. When God's word is out there, <laughs> can nothing hinder it. I got up, my brother and I, my brother Vernon, I said, man, we got to go to Chicago. I said, Ricky is sick. He said, really? He said, how you know? I said, I'm telling you what the Lord revealed to me while I was asleep. And so I called Chicago and I said, what's going on with my brother? Well, we didn't want to bother you. I said, what do you mean you didn't want to bother me? My brother is sick and you're trying to uh, keep this from me? And I told my brother, let's head up there now and we're going to go straight to the hospital where he is. He was in the hospital dying. This is over 30 years ago. Went from Memphis directly to the hospital. Now I'll show you this. As we are coming into the hospital, he's coming out. We run right into each other. And I looked at him and every part of me wanted to fall apart. He had lost all of his weight. His eyes were sunk into his head. And I looked at him, but I remember what God said. Yes. Hallelujah. Look at somebody tell him, just remember what God said. See, that's what happens. Sometimes we can be so overwhelmed and caught up in the moment and we forget what God said. Now, God told me before I left Memphis, before I saw him, he said, I'm going to heal him. And so when I see him, I said, Ricky, where are you going? He said, I'm tired of them sticking me. I'm tired of them. They, they don't know what's wrong with me. They gave me six months to live. Hallelujah. We laid hands on him, prayed over him, anointed him with oil. And when I heard him holler, I've never heard anyone holler like that in my life. And when he finished hollering and I said to whatever this sick spirit was, I command you to go and never return again. That's been over 30 years ago. We only had six months, according to the doctor. But God, God says, I deal with hopeless situations. Hallelujah. Thank you, God.
And when God deals with it, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When God deals with it, it's a done deal. And now he, you see how big I am? He's about big as me. But God, he says, barrenness I'm acquainted with. When there is no productivity, I can handle it. Hallelujah. When it seemed like you're dead in the water, God said, I can get your engine going. Hallelujah. And some of you right now, you're discouraged. You feel like I'm done with it. God said, go back again. Sometimes you have prayed and you didn't get an answer. That happens sometimes. I'm here to tell you, there's going to be times you're going to pray and God's not going to answer you. Uh-oh. I said, there's going to be times you're going to pray and God's not going to answer you. And there's a reason for God not answering sometimes. Jesus was the prime example. God spoke to me and said, I didn't answer my own son. He was in the garden praying. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. God didn't answer. Go back and read the letter. Went back and the third time he went back and God still didn't answer him. What did he say? He said, well, in other words, let me, let me, let me give you the Craig version of it. In other words, uh, he says, well, Father, since you're not going to answer me, hallelujah, I'm going to answer you. Hallelujah. Not by will, but thy will. Hallelujah. Sometimes God just wants you to be reminded of what he's already said. He said, this is the purpose I came here in the first place. Why am I asking him to remove this cup? Sometimes God will do that because he's trying to get something out of you. What are you trying to get out of you? He's trying to get you to humble yourself. Anybody here? Some of us experiencing a humbling experience. And it's almost time to get out of here. I've taken up enough time. You're going through a humbling experience. Thank you, Lord. Because sometimes there's a part of us that just have a problem just trusting him all the way. When you read this story, Isaac had a problem of trusting God all the way. They're in the land of the Philistines and, 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 and he told them that, that, that Rebecca was his sister. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's what he did. He told that's my sister. But see, they was out there Playing around one another. That's right. The Bible says he was sporting with her. He probably tapped her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't do that. <laughs> and so when the king has synced it, <laughs> when the king has synced it, <laughs> The king said, I have seen. Uh-huh. That's what he said. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have seen. I 
Isaac frolicking with Rebekah, he said that was his sister. And so they said to him, Isaac, why did you deceive us in telling us that Rebekah was your sister? Why didn't you just go ahead and say that Rebekah is your wife? He said, because I was afraid because my wife is fine that y'all would kill me and take my wife from me. Now see, he had the promise, notice, God had already given him his word, but he allowed a moment, because see, the enemy come and get you at a moment when you're most vulnerable. He'll get you when you're most vulnerable, amen. And, and, and before you know it, you can be caught up in something that you were trying to get caught up in. Vulnerable, she was vulnerable. Some of y'all, you know, especially summertime, saints is vulnerable in summertime. <laughs> they, they, they really be lonely in the summertime. And they see all this flesh on parade and they just lose it. They lose it. They stop coming to church. Vulnerable, vulnerable. The enemy catch you in your loin. I'm so lonely. I, I can cry. Nobody wants me. Nobody cares. I need somebody. <laughs> and so the enemy send your old clown you ain't seen in ages. <laughs> An old dusty clown. You ain't seen it. Stuff that we fall for, I don't even know why we do it. Yeah. Some folk fall for a joker that can I say it like that, ain't even got a job. Yeah, you're, right. you're right about that. I had a joker came in my store on EBT, <laughs> and I look at this bust. I say, ain't nothing wrong with him. He got an EBT card. <laughs> Fall for something like that. Somebody don't even have a job. Got an EBT card. <laughs> well, see, you love me. He love me. <laughs> and then they leave God. They leave the church. They leave the church. <laughs> and you say, oh, where you been, baby? It's a long story. Ain't a long story. I was just, just saying, just tell you, I was just stupid. Yeah. I was just dumb. And I look at him now, I don't even know, I don't even like him. He ugly. His grill is busted. I don't even know why. I don't even, Pastor, just forgive me. I'm just sorry. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And most of these guys, when they go away from the church, they leave God for a skeezer. <laughs> you ain't never heard of a skeezer? Yeah. Ever heard of a skeezer? Yeah. Leave God for a skeezer. Her feet ain't even pretty. You know, 
up God for a cockeyed girl. A cockeyed girl. <laughs> Yo, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and, 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 and then he comes back. Mm, mm, oh. I don't even know why. <laughs> Whenever a man do that, he, he really lost. Because, you know, men, we be lost for words a lot of times anyway. <laughs> But we get caught up in a moment because our flesh yeah. leads us away from God. Yeah. And God is trying to say, come on back. And in the, in the wonderful, he's patient with you. Yeah. He said, I see your nothing. I need your, I see your nothingness, but I'm patient with you. Yeah. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come on back. Yeah. And see, when, when these folks come on back, y'all, don't, don't, don't look down on them. Yeah. You know, you got some judgmental folk in the church. Honey. <laughs> Here she come again. She'll be around here for a little while, honey. She ain't gonna stay long. Cause you know she nasty. You can't, you, you can't do that. Because, see, the, the, the truth of the matter is, all of us got something wrong with us. You don't want to admit it, but yeah, you got something wrong with you. But God said, but that's all right. Even in that, I'm going to birth something out of you. There's more good in you than you know. And God said, I'm going to get it out of you. Hallelujah. So now what do I need to do in closing? So to the spirit. Lord have mercy. Stop sowing to your flesh. Because anytime you sow to your flesh, you are sowing into death. Barrenness. But when you sow into the spirit, you are sowing into life. Anybody want to live? So sow into the spirit. Sow into life. Choose life. Everything that you go to do, God's going to back you up. When folk all around you don't have nothing, you'll always have something. That's the way it was with Isaac. When everybody else was broke, the Bible says that, that Isaac grew and became great in the land of strangers. His house grew. His servants grew. His flock grew. Everything about him began to grow. And that's what God is saying about you. He said, don't worry about the barrenness. You are getting ready to grow. God has birthed something inside of you. And the devil is not strong enough to abort it. That that God has birthed into you. It shall and it she was barren for a long time but God 
down on the inside of a wound and the Bible said that they struggle one with the other on the inside God will burst up in you and look like it's a struggle to get it out but hold on just a little while longer and that that God has put in your spirit it shall and it will it'll come to pass anybody believe in the name it will it'll come to pass don't worry about those that won't celebrate there are those that want to see your demise but God That's enough. That's enough. I've been, been away too long. I got too much stuff inside me. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. It's been long. I can't, the old folks say, All right, son, you can't tell it all now. You can't tell it all. Hallelujah. I want y'all looking at me and say, All right, that's enough, Bishop. You done, that's enough. Get your, get your fun looking self somewhere and sit down. Thank God. But right now, I want to pray. Because there's some of you that are empty concerning various things and it seems like there's a hold on your blessing. And I'm here to tell you there is not a hold on your blessing. You just need to hold on until the blessing comes. Ah, yeah, right there. Did you hear me? There is not a hold on your blessing. You just need to hold on until your blessing comes. Hallelujah. I believe that even before this year is out, hallelujah, I decree, oh glory, I decree before this year is out, there are going to be many testimonies Thank you, Lord. of the glory of God yes, yes. that's revealed in your lives yes, Lord. concerning your families, your home, your business your health, your finance, in so many areas of your life, God's going to show you that barrenness means nothing to God. God's going to birth out of you that that he has purpose because his word is out there. And something God spoke to me the other day, he says to tell my people this, that they need not worry about what it is that I purpose. And the reason why he says, tell them that I have more to lose than they have. That's what God spoke to me. He said, tell them, I have more to lose than they have. He said, because if I don't do what I say, I become a liar. My very essence. Y'all hear what I said? He said, I can't lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what God is saying to you today. That he has to keep his word concerning your life.